This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, she's back. Victoria Snit Sar Churchill, commentator Young Voices and known conservative nationally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back on, Dr. Ritchie. Good to have you back on. We're going to talk about a current dynamic that's starting to be a dilemma. Um, and that is the standoff between Texas and federal agents at the border in Texas. And now multiple states pledging and sending National Guard troops from their states in order to help Texas stand off against federal agents. This is basically how um, civil wars start. It's called force on force action of authoritative governments. What say you about these actions of Republican governors? Well, first I wanna point out that this actually isn't new. Some states have had troops helping Texas down at the border since the summer. Uh, I know my own governor, Glenn Youngkin, he actually took a trip down to visit some of Virginia's National Guardsmen. Um, I believe it was June or July. So, you know, even though the media is really coming up to talk about this now, obviously, you know, especially since the Supreme Court decision um, and, you know, Texas saying basically that the uh, federal government can order them to take the their um, you know barbed wire fencing down, but they're going to keep putting it back up. So that's yeah, kind of see, that's the really reemerged in the right? in the media, but it's been but, going on for a while. Yeah, but see, that's the difference. And and listen, I, I reported on a story where um, Oklahoma actually did it in 2023. They sent 50 individuals there. That was to me a test run for what they're doing today. But the reason why this has emerged back in the media is because of the actual conflict. It's not as if they're simply going there in order to secure something. They're going there also to stand adjacent against federal agents. Well, uh, I assume you probably read the Supreme Court ruling just as I did. And I agree with the interpretation that Ken Paxton, the Texas AG, has had on it, which is, you know, the federal government can tell them to take down this barbed wire, but they also have the authority to keep putting it back up. And that's what I think a lot of people have been missing. But the attorney general is subject to what? What's the attorney general subject to? Uh, the people that elected him in Texas. Well, he's subject to the courts. The attorney general is subject to the courts because his position, well, while elected, still is a prosecutorial role. He's an officer of the court and he's subject to the courts, correct? Yes. Okay, so when we talk about sending troops, sending military men and women to another state in order to stand against the federal government or the federal agency, 
that is in fact jurisdictionally in charge of border security. Uh, you, you can see why the media is talking about it again. That's a whole different context than 2023, right? Sure, and you know, as we've both pointed out, this has been going on for a while. Um, but also, the thing that I think is important to note is that actually every single Republican governor, other than the governor of Vermont, has said that they stand with Texas and that they will do everything and anything to secure our borders. You know, these governors have been saying, uh, basically, with the current situation at the border, every state is a border state. You know, I've been mm -hmm. reporting on it for about two years. I've talked to law enforcement from Virginia, my home state, but I've also talked to law enforcement from Nevada. I've talked to law enforcement from. Arizona, and they all have been kind of talking about this idea of every county is a border county. And so I think that if the Biden administration isn't willing to step up and defend our borders, somebody has to. And Texas is taking a stand in doing that. And I think that's very important because, again, with the lack of action that we're seeing from the federal government, we don't know who's coming into this country until they are in. Um, you know, just this week, the Daily Caller reported, I believe it was four days ago, that there was, you know, a man that was a Al-Shabaab terrorist that was in the US and he came across the southern border. Uh, we don't want these people in our country. Again, as we've discussed before, there are definitely a small segment of the population that is coming across that may have legitimate asylum claims. But the current system isn't able to attract people when they come to the border. They don't know what's happening when they come into the United States. And again, you know, this idea of kind of catch and release, which is what we saw with this Al-Shabaab terrorist. Uh, and so again, I think that if the federal government isn't willing to do their duty, somebody has to do it. This is uh, quite interesting. So let me go down this rabbit hole with you. Um, so in your estimation, uh, you believe that Texas is securing their border because they are putting up razors on wires. I believe that that is a physical barrier that is being put up to deter people from entering this country. And I believe that it is effective. Now. Do you also know that it is considered to be a human rights violation based on our international treaties? It is also considered to be adverse to even our um, agents, American agents, or those who work at the border. Um, and, and it creates a legal liability for not only Texas, but by proxy of the United States government. So it was uh, deemed, okay, we, we're gonna have to do without the razor wire. Here's the thing that really pisses me off about this whole argument. This is not about securing the border. Federal ICE agents have the same mission as a state border patrol person in Texas. The argument, the point of dissension is a freaking razor. A razor wire. And what they have successfully done, I'm talking about Abbott and his cronies, they've taken that one distinction. And because Democrats don't know how to message themselves out of a wet paper bag, they have allowed conservatives to hijack the message of the bipartisan legislation that is currently in the US Congress needs to be passed and signed. They have allowed um, Abbott and his cronies to uh, basically distract from the actual thing that may assist cause and effect relationship. And they're only arguing over razors. That's it. That's the argument. And this has never been an argument before because it never was a thing before. Why is it that Oklahoma is sending troops? Why is it that Florida is sending troops? It's to do what? 
It's to put up razors. Do you understand the insanity of this? Yes, you know, this is definitely a very aggressive deterrent, but I think that if all else fails, which it has, right? Like you talk about Democrats not being able to message this properly, this has not been a winning issue for the Biden administration since the current president took office. Yeah, but it wasn't a winning issue for Trump either. You know, Trump didn't create wins out of uh, immigration policy or the border policy. Well, by my estimates, you know, obviously Trump put into process the construction of a border wall, which was then halted. And then I think- Well, he stole money from the Department of Defense. He stole money from the DOD. I believe it's reallocation of funds and, you know, if taxpayers can't- That's what they call it. Reallocation, okay. and I believe that that is a very, uh, you know, a very good way of spending our dollars, defending our own mm. borders. I think the federal government wastes billions of dollars on other countries and doesn't put our own priorities first. And so, yeah, listen, I agree with that. I agree with that 100. I just think it's 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 fascinating. We don't actually deal with cause and effect when it comes to things like this. We're talking about barbed damn wire. That's what we're talking about. They send the troops because of barbed wire, and all the troops are ordered to do from places like Florida and Oklahoma is to put up barbed wire, right? And so the federal agents are cutting it down because of creates liability, human rights violations, international treaties, et cetera, et cetera. They have other things that they have to consider in the contextualization of America being an international nation or a fix in an international context. Texas is taking this, creating political points out of it, and then busing undocumented individuals, kidnapping them, taking them to other states, et cetera. This is insanity on top of insanity, but the number one, Reason why undocumented workers come to the United States of America is because employers are willing to hire them. Over 90% of undocumented individuals come to America because employers hire them. The same federal law, once again, the same federal law that makes it illegal for them to work illegally, the same federal law makes it illegal to hire them. But you do not have hiring managers, CEOs being arrested for breaking that same federal law. They don't deal with cause and effect intentionally. And here's the other part. While you may say, okay, they need to do something. The National Guard, which is basically a state military. Who funds the National Guard, madam? Uh, Taxpayers. Who? What governmental entity do they get their paychecks from? I believe it's at the state level. No, ma'am. That is incorrect. All National Guard are paid by the federal government. And this is why I get upset at the Biden administration, because while they're pontificating and saying how wrong this is, he can literally through executive action cut off their money. Um, National Guards are paid by federal dollars. They are locally organized per state, but the paycheck comes from the federal government. Don't you find it quite interesting that when those on the left floated the legal and constitutional idea that Biden can simply do one thing. And it's called deputizing all National Guard troops into federal service. Which by the way, when they sign that contract, that employment contract and take their oath, they are upholding the United States Constitution as well. And that can always be a possibility that they will have to come from the auspices of the state and come under the auspices of the federal government. Why do you think that's a problem? 
Well, I want to hit on two points quickly. Yeah. I know we're short on time, but actually Governor DeSantis pointed out that he does want to hold employers accountable. Um, so this was actually something that he mentioned in his speech, along with the announcement that he was sending people from his state to Texas. He actually did hit on the employer part. And I think that you are absolutely right that that is an important part of it. And I think that should be recognized by both sides of the aisle. And, you know, I think just because you and I are able to talk about it here today, I think that shows how much of a pressing issue it is that really both sides recognize that that is an issue that, again, as you mentioned leads to these people coming to this country uh, initially. You know, again, I've always been, um, you know, a believer in the idea of the American dream of economic migrants being able to come here, make a better life for themselves in their home countries. That's, you know, my background, as I've shared on the show before, um, you know, my parents came here for good high paying tech jobs and I've stayed ever since and gotten involved in politics. And, you know, I'm never going to forget that that is my background and that is why, uh, I'm, you know, definitely for people coming to this country if they want to make this country better and their own lives better. Um, but I also do want to hint, uh, you know, mention the fact that these governors they do have control over their own national guards troops, which is what we're seeing in this situation. And so, um, you know, even as as you alluded to the money coming from federal. Uh, resources, the orders still come from the governors of each individual state. And so that's exactly what we're seeing here today. This is why the governors are able to do that. Um, you know, again, I think Biden has a lot of people at his disposal. If he wants to secure the border, he has border patrol agents. He has other military groups uh, that he can call upon. Um, but, you know, if he chose to use the National Guard, maybe he should. But he hasn't made that decision. And so that decision's been made for him by Republican governors. Yeah, uh, it's very unfortunate. So I, I would like to ask, um, let me first push back on something quickly. I believe what states are doing by sending National Guard troops for the purpose of standing against standing orders given to a federal agency, a federal law enforcement agency is in fact illegal. And I'm going to tell you why. Article three, look at the US Constitution. We're gonna codify articles of war here. States do not have the right to engage in pacts with other countries. States do not have the legal right to engage in conflict with other states or sign agreements with other states for the sake of engaging in conflict. With anybody, except this is in the Constitution, except if there is an invasion. Now, when the framers wrote that, they are talking about war invasion, they're talking about an opposing force. But you hear the rhetoric from Abbott, you hear the language context from the Oklahoma governor, you now also hear it from Trump. They're using the same word, invasion, invasion, invasion. Because the subsection of the constitutional dynamic allows for this under the invasion clause. Which by the way, at some point the Biden administration should challenge what they're doing. And I believe that the defense is going to be all, oh, but we can do it if there's an invasion. Now, do you consider this to be an invasion? I do. I mean, every single time that the border numbers come out every single month, I've been tracking them for over two years. Mm -hmm. because this is an issue that I you know, care about and an issue that I cover in my own writing. But you consider it to be an invasion. Yes, I believe that there are terrorists coming across the southern border, as we've seen with the arrest of the Al-Shabaab you know, arrest. Ma'am, uh, you know, you're utilizing one 
issue to explain an entire uh, phenomena or group. Uh, I, I could say to you that everybody should be terrified of um, white male conservatives because the majority of mass shootings are done by white male conservatives. We need to go ahead and round them up, arrest them, throw them in jail. We don't want these people in our country. Do you get my point? Well, I'm definitely going to disagree with you on the white male conservatives committing mass shootings. I think actually a majority think of happens? these people have been actually leftists and left-leaning individuals. And no, ma'am, that's not what the data bears ideologies. out, the, the armed ammunition, madam, that's not what the data bears out. I do encourage you to look at Pew Research. They do a 20-year uh, historical comparison on it. You can come back and we we'll talk about it next time. But the reality definitely. is they're not fixing the problem. They're not fixing the problem. You have to agree with me on that. Barbed wire, razors on wire, going down there just to put scissors on the wire or to take the scissors off a wire and put wire back on, on top of a fence. That's what we're arguing about. While uh, everybody else is scrambling to, to back one side or the other, these cats are playing games. This is a game. These are real people in real lives. And, and I, take, I take offense to you calling them when you say these people. What do you mean these people? Everybody's a human being. Are you not a, a, a Christian, madam? Uh, I am definitely spiritual in my belief, but I also know okay. that. Well, that means that, that everybody is what then? If you're spiritual in your belief, that means everybody is what? Everybody is, everybody is what? We're, we're soul, we're spirit. We come from a place, a common place. Yes, and you know that's why I think that endangering other people's lives is something that should be stopped. Uh, well, you know, that means you you agree with me then that they don't need the barbed wire fence because that endangers the lives of those who are there, and it's a humanitarian crisis has already created significant carnage. So we don't want that, right? Because we don't want to endanger people, right? We don't want to endanger people. People that come across the border know what they're signing up for. We know that, for example, the durian gap that is between Panama and Colombia is one of the most deadliest places that can be crossed really anywhere on the on you know territory of the globe, right? Like these people are walking for days without shoes in mass heat, um, you know, disease and, and you, you think, you think garbage all over that? their path. You think and they are signing up for it themselves. Terrorism? Do you think what Americans did not terrorism? sign up for is to be terrorized again? The Al Shabaab terrorist is the most. But recent do you see example. that's the only thing? That's that's a talking point, madam. Do you think individuals are risking life, limb, sacrificing um, opportunities to eat, to have water, to be incarcerated? They are making these risks. They are making these sacrifices. Why do you think that's happening? Do you think that's happening because they want to come here and commit crime? I'm asking you, generally speaking, why is that happening? Or are they seeking opportunity because the regime that currently governs them is not governing for them? Tell me which one it is. Again, I noted earlier that my heart goes out to the people that come here and do it for the right reasons. Doesn't but we, sound like it. But we have lots of evidence of people doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, Here in Virginia, we have MS-13 gangs. We have fentanyl coming across the border, endangering communities. And so this Where has to be Where do you think fentanyl comes from? Well, it comes from China, but it comes through our southern border. Yeah, and it comes here by way of boat, train, and plane. How many poor people you know own a boat, train, and a plane? I don't personally know any, but I also know that the cartels are bringing crime and drugs into this country, and that needs to be is stopped. The cartel that is what Republicans are walking doing. over the uh, Texas border. You think that's how the cartel trap? Yes, and coyotes are smuggling humans, and they are using that as a decoy to confer their illicit activities and keep doing them. Ma'am, 
I, I really encourage you to look at this on a much deeper level. You tell me that you are a spiritual person. In the context of being a spiritual person, understand this. When you adopt the historic narrative of your historic oppressor, you are now doing the work they historically have done. Just something to keep with you for a moment until next time. I do appreciate, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Richie. See you next time. See you next time.